0: Welcome to Year's Action Growth, Shifting Business Culture, One Conversation at a Time. My name is Christy Mori and I'm joining Dr. Susphine Palermo, whose superpower is to create business cultures that transform organizations team by team. Today we'll be continuing the conversation on optimism in life and business, but focusing on the negative aspects. Hope you get value from it. How's it going, Joe? Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Christy. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm doing well, I'm doing well, yep, just finishing off the week, and yeah, I'm going to visit my mother-in-law today, haven't seen her in a while, so. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, how about yourself?
1: Oh, I've had a massive week this week, so um, just lots going on in all the businesses, and um, it's, um, you know, I, I I thought the start of January was a bit of a um, slower pace, but yeah. um, it just hasn't been that way. It's just been go, go, go. so but that's good. It's good, right? So there's um lots of energy around, lots to do, uh, lots lots happening um, to mainly around kind of getting pipeline uh, into the businesses. So lots of people at the moment looking at what they're going to do for the rest of the year and where they want to spend their money. So, it's mm. important to to be energetic in at the start of the year because a lot of other people had that energy too so but but it just means i've been pretty busy
0: yeah that's right that's right so good good optimistic outlook so <laughs> that's <laughs> right so everybody as you know we've had that optimism in business last week and now we're actually going to talk about the downfalls of optimism and particularly we'll be focusing on why we would even think that optimism could be a bad thing. Talk about Mm. some cases and experiences where optimism has consequences. I'm having trouble saying optimism, actually. (laughs) How to (laughs) evaluate ourselves realistically to make sure we're not blindly optimistic. Okay. So let's start off with if being optimistic makes success more likely, then why would we even Mm. worry about being optimistic, Joe?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And look, I think, and it's a good question because, because uh, we you know last last time we did in the in the episode previous we did talk about all the benefits of optimism. So it's a good question, right? It's like, well, why worry about it? You know, surely you can be too optimistic, and it's a good mm-hmm. thing. You know, too much of a good thing, right? Um, but I think that that is the problem um, because we we did talk about optimism as being the um, process by which we. Um, analyze our environment, we kind of analyze reality and we, we look for the opportunities. We have more positive thoughts about the future than negative thoughts and, and we choose to have more positive thoughts about either the present or the future. Um, and, and even the past in, to, a, to a certain degree. But what can happen if, that's, if there's no balance there, if we're actually tipped over in terms of those positive thoughts? then what we can do is skew our perception of reality and, and often that means that we are um, maybe making decisions that are based on sort of informational data that is skewed and this is the problem because really when you think about it in life in business we're making decisions every day and what we're trying to do is read the environment and make the right decision and what being overly optimistic does is it skews you in terms of making decisions about um a data sources that are biased towards positivity and that's fine if other things uh, underpin that. If there's foundations that underpin that, that's fine. And that can be great. And and actually, what what we see is that overly optimistic people kind of do eventually get there. But what that over-optimism does is actually um, um, stop the planning for those things that could go wrong or you don't, when you're overly optimistic, you might not be thinking about the barriers in place and how you're going to overcome them in a realistic way. Um, so you get, for example, you get people who are overconfident um, sometimes when they start a business. And we know um, from all of the, the statistics on um, startups and business, um, particularly in small business um, in Australia, that businesses fail because they just don't have the um, um, capital uh, cap- capital. So they fail because they um, they often don't end up with cash flow situations that enable them to go through some of the maybe tough times. They expect to start and then just grow and the money will come. Uh, whereas, um, and this is my tip for anyone starting a business, you actually have to have some money behind you, you have to have some capital behind you um, because there will always be a ramp up period or sometimes Sometimes you, you may start strong and then there's always um, some kind of plateau. It's just the way the business cycle works. Um, and so often people are overly optimistic and entre- entrepreneurs anticipate that things are going to be, you know, great, great, great. We're, we're going to do it. I've got the capability. I'll, I'll be right. But actually when things go wrong, they're not prepared. So that's, that's the thing about being, I guess having a little bit of balance and not being too optimistic is that you also need to be prepared when for the things that might not go right it doesn't mean that you need to shrink your goal or your vision or um, you know not start a business or not start that venture or not start you know that new goal around health or whatever that is but you need to be realistic about the plan to get there and it also means that that you're anticipating that sometimes you may need to practice more. You may need to put the hours in. You may need to work harder. You may need to, for example, build a relationship with someone to ensure that that relationship has a really strong foundation to see you through the tough times. And, and that's particularly important if you're going into business with other people. You need to make sure that, that the, foundation, the foundations are there. So there might be some things you miss if you're overly optimistic because you're not looking for those things that could derail you basically.
0: Mm hmm. So, yeah, those are great points to start with. So now we can sort of lean in and talk about the experiences of the consequences, actually not experiences of mm. being overly optimistic. And I know we were reading some case studies that will link um, some on the description below here. But is there any specific uh, scenario that you want to talk about today? yeah I, I, I was because I was thinking about um, an, an experience that happened
1: to me and um, and I think this is a really good experience that taught me a lot I actually learned a lot about my own optimism bias because I am very much on the kind of end of the continuum around optimism. I am highly extroverted highly optimistic and um, this experience taught me a lot about the kinds of people I need around me and the things mm. I need to pay attention to make sure that I'm managing that. Um, mm-hmm. So what happened, I was, um, I was responsible for developing a leadership program for um, you know, 450 leaders. So this was a three day event and it was um, you know going to happen in a major um, venue in the city of Melbourne. Um, people were flying in from everywhere to attend it. Um, And I was responsible for the whole program and the event management. Um, And I partnered with a a great event management company as well to, um, and they looked after all the production side of things, but everything else was my responsibility. And and I was working with a great team of people to make that happen. And so going into that, I was um, very excited and I was very optimistic and I'm, you know, whenever I particularly start a project, I have very high energy around the start of a project. Um, that's kind of my superpower in a way. I can galvanize everyone. I can, um, you know, I can, you know, influence them in some ways. I can, you know, get their energy up. I can convince them that mm-hmm. you know we can all do this together. And you mm-hmm. know, we get there. And we, and, you know, and you know, in the past it's been fine. But particularly for this particular event, um, we had some issues with the venue and i hadn't anticipated any of that i hadn't anticipated that we would have issues with the venue um, because they for example they had um, told us that we had a certain amount of time to pay for Uh, You know, to secure the booking in terms of the financial um, securing of the booking, we had the booking in place, but we needed to get money to them. And I was working in a um, in an organization with an organization that had that was very bureaucratic. So the client was very bureaucratic, and so it took longer than I had anticipated to get those those financial details sorted. And because I have this optimism bias, I was thinking about. Um, all of the things that I was putting in place in terms of planning the speakers and then planning the experiences that these senior leaders were going to have and getting my team kind of galvanized around that but I wasn't I didn't have the, the detail I didn't have my mind on the detail I didn't have my mind on maybe making sure that we were looking at the details about you know kind of playing basically paying the supplier which is the venue and it's you know tens of thousands of dollars that they were owed and so it came right up to the wire with that in terms of we nearly we nearly lost the booking so they had another person that they that they were going to book the venue out to and that would have been an absolute disaster Mm. because you know um, particularly at that time it was very difficult to secure venues you had to have a long you know long period of time to, to in, in you know, to secure that venue, you can't just, you know, look for a venue a week in, you know, with, with and expect to get one. Because your that event was a bit
0: bigger than just like... It was huge. Yeah, yeah it
1: was a huge event. And and it, it included booking hotel rooms for people who were flying in. Right, lots so, of logistics. So, yeah, so in the end, um, it was panic stations. And so we, you know... We, we got it done. We had to escalate this issue. We had to, you know, there were lots of phone calls. It was panic stations. And this is what happens with people who are overly optimistic. You know, in the end, I got it done. In the end, we, we got a little bit of a, um, a, you know, extension and we were able to make it happen. And we also got the organization to sort of, um, not really cut corners, but, you know, get their procurement kind of flow going a bit quicker because we, we sort of basically had to sit on top of some people to make that happen. But it didn't have to be panic stations. It did, I didn't have to make it come to that. I could have foreseen that and I could have, um, so what I should have been doing was building my relationships with the people in finance who were looking after my, my part of the project I should have been talking to them more often or I should have at least got someone in my team to kind of keep an eye on it. I, I had this sort of idea that it would be okay. Um, and even when we were getting to the wire, I'm thinking, oh, no, surely it'll be okay. And it wasn't okay. And so that was me taking my, really dropping the ball in a way and taking my eye off the detail. And this is what happens when you have that optimism bias. You're not looking at the detail. So there, there are signs in In the environment that you're missing, there's data, there's inputs, there's perceptions that you are, you know, skewing towards, in some ways, what you want it to be, you know. You can easily look at a situation and skew it to a picture that's much more rosier than it actually is. So that was was a really good example and it was a real learning for me. It was a lesson because, you know, I added so much stress to that project because of that, and it 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 really made me wake up to the things that um, you know I need to work on, and especially in sort of driving a, a huge you know program um, like like a you know a huge event like that. So there so there was there were other examples during that time where I learned um, you know a lot of a lot of issues too. So another example was, for example, um, related to we, we needed to create our own Wi-Fi for the event. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but we, we, there was a, an, a, the venue was so big. It was like a, you think about um, a shed, you know, where like a, a where you have to do all the, the fit out. You have to create the environment. And part of the environment was creating a Wi-Fi network. And, um, and I had talked to the relevant people about creating that Wi-Fi network. And then right at the last minute, I had someone from security operations call me and say, "We can't do this because your network isn't secure enough." And this was like the Thursday, and the event was happening the Monday. Is this so, the same a...
0: event as before, or is <laughs> this, this is is a... another event? <laughs> oh, this is a different event. Okay, okay, a different event. So I'm not saying that you know lessons are learned
1: straight away. I think that you have cumulative learning, but that it's was something difficult that really... to
0: predict.
1: Like yes. that seems it is like a difficult. very
0: difficult prediction point.
1: It is difficult to predict, and yeah. um, but ha- again, again, it should have been on my radar. If I had, if I had done the appropriate risk assessment, if I had had a, um, a perspective about all the things that could go wrong, let's list them, and then let's address them, to, so that we've got a really good, robust contingency against anything that could go wrong then I, I should have known about it so mm-hmm. so because pr- because things will go wrong this is the, the thing that I'm now it's like a bit of a mantra for me I'm overly optimistic but I know that things will and can go wrong right right so, but my so... optimism says but you know what I know how to how to put some things contingencies in place to manage that That's what i do now
0: right so this leads us into our sort of final uh question here and it's like how can we know when we're being too optimistic and how can we check ourselves so we don't fall Mm. into this trap so basically what you've been saying is um linking to one of our articles is that we should still have a positive outlook but sort of from a realistic yet optimistic outlook so we shouldn't Yeah, so we shouldn't be um, completely blinded by just the positive for the better. Just be accurate that's right. about the situation. That's right, and 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 I think accuracy
1: about the situation comes from multiple perspectives. So that's why talking to people um, who have different perspectives is crucial. And and if you're in a business and you're developing your team, often what happens in startups, and we heard Matt talk about this, where you kind of bring people in who are kind of like you, they have the same world view as you, they like the same things, you like hanging out with them, and that's why you're all doing business together. That's great, but what you need to do is go out and seek people who have a different perspective to you. That diversity is what what really um, leads to success and it, it's how you keep yourself in check so um, that could be your accountant it could be your partner at home it could be uh, a friend who isn't part of your business but they um, they kind of you know know you really well and they're they're likely to you know um, tell you things even if they're not palatable to you you know in terms of the feedback you need it mm. could even be a business coach and this is why a lot of People actually take on business coaches to really get, help them get that reality check. Um, it could be um, listening to news trends in places where you normally wouldn't go. So, because we know, actually, maybe some of you don't know, but if you've watched social media, the Netflix documentary, you know that it, particularly social media um, news is funneled according to your interests. And so you're going to get a bias in what you see in terms of news.
0: So yes, you. I've been noticing yeah. so, that things are popping up on my phone a lot, and I was like, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs>
1: yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So what you've got to do is is have a uh, a practice in place where you're going to sites, you're going to news sources that are you know have a very different perspective to you. So for example. For me, that's Sky News. And then you'll very quickly understand my political leanings when I say that, if you know anything about Sky News. And, and every time I listen to Sky News, it kind of makes me, makes me cringe a little bit because the perspectives are a bit extreme for me. Mm-hmm. But I know that lots of people listen to Sky News and so i'm there with an open curious mind thinking what can i learn from here what are some what are some perspectives that are totally on the other side of the continuum to where where my people are where my tribe is and what do i need to learn from that doesn't mean you need to take it all in um Mm -hmm. but you you always need feedback mechanisms so that's really important uh for any bias not just optimism bias is to kind of keep yourself in check there the other way to, to think about it too is that you could um, whenever you're you're designing something or making a decision even a very simple decision you can always w- put what we call a black hat on so you can say if i had a black hat on how would i be perceiving this and a black hat is that is the type of thinking that is more pessimistic or that is more right. aware of the things that can go wrong right. so you can. You can. You don't even. You don't have to adopt that as a persona. You don't have to be that. But you need to bring in that style of thinking to maybe the decision you're trying to make, or the design of what you're trying to do, or even when you think about, you know, um, the kind of business model that you're looking at. Uh, when you're looking at your projections, your financial projections. When you're looking at uh, even, you know, planning. Uh, planning your vision or planning and and implementing even just an event like I'm talking about as part of for a client. Um, so you need to have that black hat. One of the really easy ways that optimism really derails businesses is where you, uh, and particularly in a business like mine, like I'm in consulting, I'll talk about the consulting business, often consultants will undersell. So they will a client wants them to do something. They often have to write a proposal around how much um, time and resource that pr- that pr- proposal will take. And often, consultants will undersell. And it's not because they don't value themselves; it's because they are underestimating the time it takes to do something, and they're underestimating that because they're not looking at all the things that can go wrong. So you, so you know. What I do when I put a proposal on is I also put on a black hat and I look at it and I go, from a black hat perspective, what does this look like? Have I have I undercooked it? Are there things I need to really think about here and then maybe, um, you know, kind of address that risk and, mm-hmm. and make sure that I'm adding that to my proposal? And that is actually good for the client because you don't want to – you don't want to undersell a service because what will happen is that you might end up achieving that for the client, but you're going to cut corners in terms of quality somewhere. Mm -hmm. You have to, to make it, to make that work. So, so it's not good for anybody. It's not good for business. It's not good for the client either. Same, same goes for businesses where there's a lot of service um, and operations. You have to make sure that, that your contract with the customer or the client is adequate to cover some of those contingencies of doing business because otherwise you're always going to fall short and that's where you then offer um uh, you know you, you offer low quality service rather than high quality service so yeah. black hat thinking is is kind of the big tip that's so good
0: for me. yeah that's so good so everybody, thank you very much for listening. We're going to wrap it up here, but I hope you got some value from it because I sure did. And we yeah, definitely yeah. hope that you reach out to us and just ask us questions or some of your own experiences about being overly optimistic. And if it didn't go well, we'd love to hear and obviously just let us know if you want us to change your name or something if we use it as an example and we will (laughs) do our best in that and we'll promise you that we will not out to your privacy if you share a story so in the meantime we hope you stay well and we wish you the best this week and we'll chat again next week we might keep going with this optimism series in different ways but also let us know if you're continuing interested continually interested in this topic or we might move on so everybody we'll see you next week and thank you for listening take care bye thanks, thank bye. you bye everyone February. yeah 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 all, all right. right good luck with your day
1: yeah yeah i better go we'll keep talking later all right thanks christy bye, bye.
0: Jo, see ya bye.